Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Amazing. Hey, hasn't all the young people done amazing this morning? I've got, um, before we, we're going to jump into the word this morning and um, we're going to continue our series, this theme of limitless, limitless church. And I'll get to that in a second, but I just want to take a moment to say a couple of thank yous. Um, Firstly, me and Tori are incredibly blessed to have um, senior pastors in, in Gordon and Fiona who they don't micromanage us, they, they give us an opportunity, me and Tori, and they just kind of let us run. Not only that, do they, they hand over the church to us on, on a Sunday morning and go, hey, run with it. And, and can we just say thank you to our pastors that have, have a heart for every generation. It's not, it's not and I'm going to speak about this morning, it's not about kind of an us and them, they just say, hey, let's get every generation involved, and that's an amazing opportunity. But also, can I say thank you to Mo and Jenny for for supporting the guys and giving these guys an opportunity. And so if you've got a Bible this morning, I'm going to be going to Psalm 127. If you've got a digital Bible or a paper Bible, Psalm 127. I want to speak from the the title, Limitless, Limitless Generation. Limitless Generation. I want to unpack that this morning from Psalm 127. Shout out to the Red Tribe. Shout if you're there. Who's with me? Psalm 127. I feel like miles away from you this morning. So it says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Verse three, sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, blessed are sons in the one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gates. We're, we're going to look at this psalm. This is part of a collection of psalms called the Psalms, Songs of Ascent. And these, these were wrote as kind of like a worship psalm hymn book, the hill song of the day, as the Jewish people went on pilgrimage to the city. And so we're going to unpack this psalm this morning because I think it's loaded with so much and we can't go into everything, but I'm going to do my best to speak from, look at what it means to be a limitless generation, a church of every generation from this psalm. Will you pray with me once more? Amazing. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this house. We thank you for our pastors and our leaders, Lord. We thank you for your word that it is not a dusty book sat on a bookshelf that is irrelevant. Lord, it is the word of you and it is powerful and it has the the power to transform our life every day. And everybody says, amen. Who, um, Who generally has their house quite warm with the thermostat quite high? Who's like, now nah, let's have it nice and chilled? Where am I like, keep it cool, people? Where am I, where am I like, let's have it nice and warm, people? 
Husbands, is there a contention between the temperature you would like the house and the temperature your wife would like the house? Anyone brave? Yes, some gentlemen brave enough to announce. So I have um, an incredible wife. She's by far my better half, absolutely. She's more beautiful than me. She's more talented than me. Just, just everything better than me. Um, I, I'm, when I got married, I joined the Overachievers Club, and I am proud of it. But, you see, my wife has an incredible father, and she had an incredible mother, but her mother was quite, quite the, the princess, let's just, let's just say. If you know Mary Carr, you're like, yeah, big time. But you see, Gordon, Gordon is an amazing father-in-law, but he just like left the house to Mary and Tori. And if Tori wanted the thermostat on 27, she'd put thermostat on 27. I mean, no big deal, right? I'm not paying the bills. And if Mary Carr wanted the thermostat on 27, Mary would just go and put a few clicks on and Gordon would pick up the tab at the end of the month. You see, but now when you get married and a wife and, uh, and she leaves her father and now my responsibility, the direct debit goes out of our joint account, but now like I've got the, the thermostat set on like, you know, timer, so you know it comes on at certain times, and I've got it not too high, and I've Googled what's the most efficient temperature. I'm safe, we're saving for a house, okay? I'm being a good steward of our finances. But my wife, she'll be just giving you this puppy dog eyes, and she'll be like, can we have a few clicks on, please? Back of my head, I'm like calculating £3.50 per kilowatt hour. And, and then, but then I'm like, absolutely, darling, go and, go and just put the clicks on, we call it. But where am I going with this? Where the heck does this story fit in? It doesn't. I just, I just, just working through some stuff. But, <laughs> but the thing is, the thermostat has a job. The thermostat is there to set the temperature. And the thermostat we, we use, we put a, a, a temperature and then the system brings everything up to that temperature. And you see, a church can be full of either people who are a thermostat or people who are a thermometer. See, a thermometer is just there to test the temperature. It just, it, and in church, it looks like someone who's passive. They sit there and they're like, oh, the worship is okay this morning. The preach, mm, eight out of 10. And they become a thermometer and they start to, you know, mm, take the temperature. But you see, a church that builds and a church that grows is full of people who are thermostats, who come into worship and go, I'm going to set the temperature this morning. It's young people who, who come in here and go, you know what, like I'm freaking out about getting on a stage, but I'm going to go up there and I'm going to set the temperature this morning. And you see about a church that's a limitless generation and goes generation to generation needs to be a church of thermostat people who say, oh, we're going to set the temperature. We're going to provide a platform for the people coming through. We're going to honor the previous generation, but we're all going to work together. And you see in this psalm, I love it because it, at first it looks like a parent-child kind of relationship talking about children. But when we unpack it, it's Solomon talking about the house of God. And when he talks about children, he's talking about the house of God. Yes, it's relevant to his relationship with his father, David. But I've got three things from this psalm that I want to unpack this morning. And my first thing is this. Building a limitless generation is about availability over ability. Turn to your neighbor and say, availability over ability. Unless the Lord builds the house, the church, 
its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Unless God is absolutely at the center of everything we do, we labor in vain. And, and if we, we can have all the ability in the world, we can have the best worship leaders, we can have the best accounts managers, we can have the best entrepreneurs, we can have the best cleaners, whatever it is you do, we can have them, but unless we are available to God using our platform, then we labor in vain. You see, a limitless generation is about us as a house being available to God and what he wants to do. It's about us being available to let the next generation come through. It's not about an ability like getting them to hit a benchmark before we give them an opportunity. No, it's about having hearts available. And, and to bring it right around to your life, what areas of your heart are available to God over your ability? Because your ability is God-given anyway. But unless you have God front and center of everything you do, you labor in vain. I love it because this psalm's not like, hey, let's just have a holy huddle. Just rest in his presence. Now, that's not what it's saying. It's saying, hey, we've got to build something here. We've got to be some thermostats. We're going to set the president in our culture, in our city. But we have to absolutely have every part of our heart and soul available to God to be front and center. To come and wreck our plans at times. To come and get in and amongst our agenda and go, you know what? I'll have my way in this house. And, and this, this message is not a rebuke. It's not a challenge. It's an encouragement because I thoroughly and genuinely believe that this is a house of every generation that does look for people who are available over their ability. And so this morning, this is not me with an agenda to say, this is not what we're doing, church. No, this is an encouragement, but to say, hey, let's not stop. Let's not get complacent. Let's keep moving forward. You see, um, there, was, there was a moment we've got incredible young people. And on Friday night, we gathered together and there was, there was a moment a few months ago where, you know, when Pastor Gordon gets a bit of a, like an idea and he's like, this will be brilliant. And then he comes to me and Teresa and he's like, let's do worship in the city. And we're like, okay, uh, how does that look? But you see, we, 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 we sat and chatted and we we're like, let's get the young people to go and do some worship in the city. But let's not tell them. Let's kind of, you know, because they'll freak out and they'll not come to tribe. So me and Teresa and a few of the guys kind of came together and we planned it. And, and one Friday night, the young people arrived and we did tribe wars and the red tribe probably won. But it came to moment and said, hey, we're going to do something a bit different. We told them all to bring warm clothing. Don't worry. We've got your children safe on a Friday evening. Warm clothing, hats, scarves. But we took them down to Celeste Gardens. I should have got a video, actually. We've got videos and pictures. We took them down to Celeste Gardens, and your young people, this house's teenagers, stood in the middle of Celeste Gardens and started to declare that there was power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. They don't care about their ability. They don't care if their guitar sounded good. They don't care what their voice is. They were just available for God to come and say, hey, we're going to go into this city. This is a bit weird, and absolutely this is scary, but we're going to go and sing some songs. We're going to worship and declare this land for this church and this, this, this kingdom of God that we are building. We have to be available before our ability. Or to put it this way, maybe, maybe this is easier. It's about our heart over our hands about our heart over our hands. Number two, building a limitless generation is about complementing, not competing. How good were these two girls, this dance? How good was that? We, 
we didn't go to, me and Tori and the team didn't go to Sophie and Rain and said, hey, like, we're doing this, could you? No, that they came to us months ago. We've got a dance, when can we do it? <laughs> like, come on. I mean, you don't want me choreographing anything, so thank God I wasn't involved, but they came to us and like, we've got a dance, when can we do it? And, and, and the dance was about connection, about same but different. They can be red and they can be yellow, but they can be working in sync. They can be complementing rather than competing. We need to be a house, and again, I think it is, this is just an extra challenge this morning, that builds by complementing each other, not competing with each other. Look at verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up, toiling for your food, for he grants sleep to those he restores. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from heaven. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. He uses this illustration of arrows and a bow and arrow. About complementing and not competing. And about how we can work together as every generation See, we, we, we do tribe wars, as we say, on Friday night, and there was this one, one Friday not long ago when we, we as, me and Tori head up the team, but we have an incredible team of about 15, 16 kind of young adults who come and help, but we don't, we don't plan everything. And there was one week where we'd said to the guys who were on tribe wars, like, you're on tribe wars this week, and we don't know what's coming up. Me and Tori are like, let's just pray no one gets too hurt and nothing gets too broken, but it's youth ministry, so we need to, like, you know, I'm joking. But... But one week, um, the tribals game was the game that we just played. Can you find me? And the first thing that Kirsty set the young people was, can you go and get a selfie with the drum kit? Great idea, really. So, herd of elephants, red tribe, blue tribe, nothing as civil as you've seen this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Rushing through, through these doors, into the thing. The pastors are having like a meeting in the main auditorium. <laughs> And I come up like late just to check, and I'm like, sorry, it was Kirsty. But, but this can be so sadly a picture of the church competing to get to the stage or to the platform, competing with each other. It's about us and them, or oh, this church role about the young people, this church role about competing. No, we've got to complement each other, we've got to fit in together, we've got to work together. Any archers in the house? Any archers? No, I didn't think so. Oh, Caleb. Nice. Give me some lessons because I'm terrible. But the thing is, I love what the psalmist writes and puts. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the house that has lots of young people. Paraphrase. Blessed is the house that has 20 kids trying to steal out the offering, running to kids' church. Blessed is church that's quiver is full of arrows because young people are like arrows. They're dangerous in a positive way. But an arrow is useless unless it has a bow. And a bow is useless unless it has an arrow. And we need a house of some, the generation that have gone before us to be the bow that's going to hold the arrow and fire it and release it and let it go to do some damage in this city, in this nation, in this culture. And so my encouragement and challenge this morning is how can you be a bow? How can you maybe take an arrow under your wing, a young person? And there's going to be a stretch, young people. It's not going to be easy at times. Older generations are going to get alongside you and they're going to encourage you, yes, but maybe they're going to align you. But as, as, as you're stretched, you're ready to be released. As, as, as Daniel is stretched, freaking out, drumming, but he's ready to be released. As Austin is being stretched by Mo. 
given him the opportunity, he's ready to be released. And as he leads you guys, and as we declare songs in this house, I believe right now in this city, there's miracles taking place. Because you have a, yeah, yeah, we can give God the glory. We need to generation working together. A limitless generation is about complementing the bow and the arrow. I love what the, how the psalmist illustrates that. And young people, bit of context, olden days, arrows didn't come out of a machine, out of a warehouse. They had to be shaped. They had to be cultivated. They had to be adjusted. Sometimes young people, it's going to be a bit painful. Sometimes you're going to be challenged a little bit. Sometimes you're going to be asked to step up. But you've been sharpened into an arrow that's going to go and do some damage. It's not going to only be an offensive weapon to go and attack. It's also going to be the defense of the generation that's gone before. Blessed is the house. that Blessed is the man who has a quiver full of arrows. Point number three. Building a limitless generation is a handover, not a hurdle. Verse five. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they... They contend with their enemies in the gate. They, not us and them, they. When the young and the old come together, they, they stand in community, they stand as an army and building a limitless generation is a handover, not a hurdle. It's not about us trying to set a a list of kind of rules and compliances that young people have to hit before they get an opportunity Or, or maybe like, You know, they have to dress absolutely a certain way before they can come into the house of God. It's not about like this hurdle that we're trying to get them to jump over. No, it's it's about a handover. It's about working together. See, like the message of the gospel, the Bible is all just one big love letter to you and me. The pinnacle being Jesus going to the cross. But it's a handover. Abraham, Genesis, I will make you into a great nation. And from Abraham, we have the lineage, and we have Jesus, and we have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's not a hurdle. It's not like, hey, hit, hit this, get over this. No, it's a handover. It's a relationship. And you see, I don't know if there's any of you that remember, go back to like your primary school or high school days, or who likes watching the Olympics? We're, uh, we're my sports fans. 100 meters, definitely up there, but, but I love the relay race. Because you can have the fastest people in the world, but unless they get the handover right, you ain't going anywhere. You ain't winning that race. And yes, speed, we're in a race. We've got to be ahead, absolutely, but there has to be a handover. And the handover, you see, I used to teach PE, so I can give you a little free lesson this morning if you'd like. A handover is so key, but it, it's not a static handover. It's, it's a movement. It's... it's it's not a hurdle like, hey, come on, young people, next generation, come on. No, it's about, it's about a handover. And you see, there's a verse in the Bible that I think links so closely to this psalm. And if you turn to your Bible in Acts 2, 17, you'll probably know it. That's Joel, not Acts, wrong bookmark, fugging. There we go. Who's there? Acts 2, 17. It might be on the screen, look at that. Hey, shout out to Katie on visuals. And to Tega and Tegan for doing the sound this morning. I love, I love just side point. I love that this morning that just about everything's happened in church. Just about every base is covered by a young person. That's not to say, hey, see you later, guys. Like, we, no, that's not what it's about. I just love the picture that it paints that this morning you've been blessed and served by a young person. 
And yeah, they've had a little bit of guidance and, and stuff like that. And, and Ollie and Felicity deserve a mention for pulling it all together and the logistics and planning center, absolutely. But I love that every base, we've got young people on kids' church right now. We've got young people welcoming you. We've got young people up there serving. You can't see them. You don't see what they're doing, but you wouldn't be able to hear them. Unless Tegra and Tegan are serving. And it's amazing to have a house, a limitless generation. So many bases are covered, and, and this is just the start. And, and eventually, me and Tori will we'll hand over and, and we'll step aside. And, and not yet, don't worry. <laughs> Might take a little holiday over Easter if that's okay. But, but Acts 2 17, I love how, how the, the mirroring in this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Last days is now. Pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. If you're not dead, God's not done. You have a place in this house. Okay, maybe your Christian two-step worship leading days may have, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're in transition. Maybe your roles changed a little bit. But if you, if you, God, we're not done with you as a house. We want to use you. We want you to serve. We want you to have a place. I hope I can speak on behalf of the pastors and say that, that we want to make an opportunity for absolutely every single one of you to serve this house, to build a limitless generation, and long may it continue, that our children's 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 children will be in this city of Dundee, 16 campuses, changing the world. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe that these young people, it's not about us and them, it's not that they're better but it's just about just releasing them because they are the now generation. They're not the next. We're not waiting. They're there. They're ready. And we need to be re releasing them. But it, it, this Acts is brilliant because Psalm is talking about blessed is the man with all the arrows in the quiver. It's that complementing, not competing. It's about handover. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, billows and smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we want to change a city and a nation, there's got to be a handover. You see, Acts is is the, the writer of Acts is, is talking about a prophecy in Joel. But it says, it says in Acts, and, and young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. In Joel, it's the other way around. It says your old men, your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. There's a switch. Now, I looked into this. It might just be to do with the Greek and the Hebrew, but some commentators think that there's an intentional switch here. It doesn't matter the, the the overall message is it's for everyone. It's every generation, sons, daughters, men, women, a house of, we're not about value, we're about role. Everyone has the same value. You might have a different role. But there needs to be handovers in this house. I need a, I need a volunteer. I've not cued, cued anyone. Daniel McDonald. Sorry, bro. Come on, mate. Give it up for Daniel. I have not cued this. I've not cued this up. He's going to kill me for this. Jump up, mate. Face that way. Actually, face this way. You see, I think this is something that churches think about as a handover, is they've got a generation running with the baton, 
and then they're facing each other and they're like, pass it to you, and then it's clumsy, and then you turn around and then you carry on, and, and that's not a handover. There's no momentum in that. There's no progress in that. You see, a handover face that way, bro. There's two things that's important in the handover. It's the person that's passing it over and there's the person that's receiving. You need to posture yourself to pass on and you need to posture yourself to receive. Daniel, give me your right hand out, out the back. Give, make a V between you. Just told you, you get an extra free PE lesson in here. You see, if you watch a 4x100 relay, it's not in the speed of them running the, the 100 meters each. It's in the handover. And the team that nails the handover is the team that always wins the relay. If this gets dropped, you're out the race. We cannot afford to drop the baton, church. I don't want to scare us this morning. I don't want to put us under pressure. But this is so important. And we have to get this right. We have to get this handover. You see, because the best handovers are when Daniel doesn't even need to look at me. And he can start to set off. Off you go, buddy. Off you go. Set off. Go. He doesn't even need to look behind. He knows that he's the generation coming through. Jumble like a beer, bro. We'll do it one more because I want a round of applause for this. You see, when the previous generation run and when the handover is good and it's about getting out of the way and it's complementing, not competing, and it's about a handover and not a hurdle, Daniel can set off in the confidence and faith that the generation before are going to put the baton in his hands. And that Daniel can take his leg and he can run his part of the race. And there's handovers that are taking place every minute of every moment in this church. There's people, there's people training up on a Thursday night to the divisions. There's ha- visuals. There's handovers going from the pastors with their key leaders. There's handovers going on. And as I say, this is not a rebuke. This is an encouragement church. I think this is something we do so well. But let's just not get complacent. Let's be, if, you, if you've got some wisdom to pass on to some young people, make sure you keep running. If you've got some skills that you can pass on to the, pre- the next generation, then keep running. If you're a young person, humble yourself and get yourself ready to receive something from the generation before you. And there's a handover and not a hurdle. And the kingdom of God to begins to advance. And young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. And they will prophesy and they will speak to a city and they will change a city because there's handovers going on. I'm going to invite the band back up. Limitless generation, building a limitless generation is, are you in a bow or are you an arrow? Maybe you're both in some situations. Some situations maybe you're releasing someone and some situations maybe you're under the stretch. And building a limitless generation is a handover, not a hurdle. I'm excited, church. I really am excited for what's to come. I love what we get to do, me and Tori and the team on a Friday night. It's an absolute honor. It's an absolute pleasure. They're a nightmare at times, young people. Let's be <laughs> they don't respond to your texts unless it's a funny meme. They don't respond to your text unless they're getting something. I'm joking. Planning center's getting there. We're getting there, aren't we, Jaden? We're getting there. Jaden's not used planning center for months, but she accepted her first role this week. So praise God. There's growth in the youth ministry, people. But this is where I want to land the plane because this is the most important thing. Acts 2, 21, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord. Every generation, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. There's old people that need, being, need saved in this city. There's young people that need saved. There's people. People matter. 
everyone matters. And I want to give that opportunity this morning. I do. I wouldn't want to let an opportunity go by this morning. Yeah, we're talking about young people and timeless, uh, limitless generation. But is that you this morning? Do you need to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? Do you need to give your life and hand over the reins and go, God, you're in control? And so with every head bow, every eye closed, I want to pray with us this morning. See, we believe, church, and the young people know and believe this, that this guy called Jesus came down, the son of God came down to earth and lived a perfect life. And then he went to a cross and suffered a brutal death because of yours and mine and everyone in this room, our sin and our falling short, but he took our place. And we want to be a limitless generation that understands the power of the message of the gospel. And if that's you this morning, you just want to acknowledge, you know what, I come up short, I've done some stupid things in life, but I know that Jesus paid the price for me. I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. And I'd love to pray with you and we'd love to get coffee and some cake with you after. But just right now in this moment, I'd just love you to respond if that's you for the first time or the 3,000th time. You just need to respond in our heart to say, I'm calling upon your name, God. I can't get through this situation right now. I can't walk through this storm without you. And so one, Jesus loves you. Two, the Bible says the time is now. Three, just put your hand in the air if that's you this morning. It's an opportunity this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit's knocking on some hearts this morning to say, hey, time to surrender, do it my way. And the second people I want to just pray for, just if you if you feel like you've you just feel a little bit like you're a bit done and you're like, I don't know where I fit. And I want to encourage you as, as a youth leader and heading up, like, we need you. We need you to keep encouraging us and to pray for us at seven o'clock on Friday. You might not be picking up donuts with us at 11 o'clock, but you can go to war on our behalf with prayer and encourages us. And I just, just want to encourage you. I want to pray with you. If you're just maybe just a pre-next generation gone and you just need an encouragement that God's not done with you, we just raise your hand there. I'd love to pray with you if you would let me. That'd be a privilege and honor for me to pray. Amazing. So Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for a house and a church that has the young and the old and all in between, God. We thank you for the amazing privilege it is to partner with you to build, be part of building your kingdom in this city, in Dundee in 2019, God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy for taking my place on the cross. But for three days later, walking out the grave and giving us your Holy Spirit, so we now can go and change a city. We can impact a generation. God, encourage us, help us, challenge us to be a church that is a limitless generation, that is handing over the baton, that is not quitting on the race, is running the race. God, come and encourage right now. God, where there is people who are feeling like, I don't know where I fit, just Holy Spirit, come and knock on some hearts right now and tell them, hey, you're not, I'm not done with you yet. And I pray that young people would not be timid, that they would be tenacious, that they would be reverent, intentional, bold, and excellent in everything they do, and that we would see the next politicians, the next pop stars, the next sports stars, the next pastors come out of this house, God, as we release them like arrows. We love you, and we thank you, and everybody said. Church, let's jump to our feet. We've got a song that we've not done on Sunday, but I'm sure you'll know it. 
Love the first line. Can we just get the first verse up, guys? People come together, strangers as neighbors, our blood is one. Isn't that an amazing picture, church? I've waffled on for half an hour and I could have just read that. It would have said a lot better. Let's shout this with all gusto. Let's declare it over our young people. Young people, let's declare it over the generation gone before. Let's declare it over our kids. And maybe, just maybe a little bit bold and a little bit courageous, maybe we could fill this space with every generation. Maybe we could start to fill this space and worship and sing this song together. Maybe the young people could pioneer and go out on a limb and lead that. Let's sing, church. Church. 